I think at one point during lockdown, I literally had on my fleece onesie. I swaddled myself in like a quilt and then I put my comfy on top of it. And I just like sat there and I played Inya for like four hours. And that was, that was a low. (laughs) Welcome to Bride to Have Been. I'm your host, Emily Lewis. Like many others, I was a bride-to-be, planning to marry my best friend in front of our loved ones, our tribe of 150 people. Needless to say, the pandemic upended the Pinterest perfect wedding I had planned. From 150 to seven guests, I had the most unexpected dream wedding. But not all brides and wedding professionals have had the same experience. Join me as I uncover the reality of this new normal in the wedding industry. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Bride to Have Been. Today, I'm chatting with Erin Stubblefield. After working for newspapers across the country, Erin's passion for photojournalism and portraiture came together when she founded Erin Stubblefield Weddings and Portraiture. While Erin loves nothing more than to document the celebration of love in the beginning of marriage, her 2020 was rocked by the pandemic. Erin, it's so lovely to meet you and welcome to Bride to Have Been. Thank you so much for having me. It's really great being here. Yay. Did I nail your intro? You did. I honestly always get very hot when people talk about me. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the nerves rush through. Like this is my life. Yeah. I'm like, (laughs) oh, no, you did great. (laughs) Lovely. So can you tell me a little bit about how you got your business started? Yeah, it was honestly, it was completely by accident. My bio can make it sound like it was um, always meant to be, and and I do think it was, but I was actually a a staff photographer up in Michigan, and you know, I was working a normal staff newspaper job, and I loved what I did, but it was just very hard because everyone I knew was getting laid off, and everyone was pretty much broke, every newspaper, and that's still kind of the case, and it just, it was like, while you love what you do, it's it was hard to do it in the environment that you're in, and it was just very challenging, and my boyfriend at the time, now husband was living in St. Louis and I would spend about every other weekend that I had off any weekend I had off I was driving back to St. Louis and so I really I moved back to St. Louis without a job or any prospects you know and I did the first thing I knew how to do which was second shoot weddings and I was going to do that while I built up my freelance career started working for AP a little bit and honestly I was building up the freelance side but really weddings were just kind of I was really enjoying it like I was working for all these photographers and it just snowballed and really by 2013 I was definitely like oh that's where I would say I really shifted to almost 100% wedding photography. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, it was I never thought that's what I wanted to do, but it, it's nice when you just happen to find it. Yeah. Do you have a team that you work with? I did. (laughs) RIP team. Yeah. Our subject. (laughs) I had an office manager and I had an associate. My associate still has to finish out her. She has a few weddings to finish out. But my office manager was going to quit in April. My office manager has always been another photographer that's kind of building their career. So, you know, once every two years, they outgrow you. And she was actually shifting career. So she was going to leave in April anyways. And the pandemic happened. And I mean, it just didn't feel right. Having someone like in my house, I just felt like it was, I don't want to say irresponsible, but 
I don't like my husband works at a hospital. So I didn't yeah. really feel I didn't feel like exposing anyone. And then my associate, so she's still working for me and we have a few weddings. She still has to shoot for 2021 now that were have been postponed. But I'm phasing that out just because honestly with this pandemic, that was probably one of the most stressful parts was rescheduling her weddings. So do you guys have separate weddings that you shoot or oftentimes yeah. you together? So I have second shooters as well that I hire on contract for an associate. Brides are booking them through my studio. So they're the lead photographer for oh, the wedding. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great program, but it really honestly just looked at my numbers and I figured out where, you know, what was fat, trim the fat and just streamline everything. Consolidate. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. So you contract second shooters. I was always curious if that was always your team or do you have a set of contractors you specifically work with? Yeah. I mean, it's call it's contracting because I don't pay them a salary, but they're the same three or four that I use for every single okay. wedding. And I, I have a lead videographer that I work with almost exclusively. So he's on wedding days. So there's up to four of us. <laughs> that is so crazy. <laughs> yeah. I guess I still have a team. I just don't have an office team, which is honestly what I really miss. <laughs> yeah. You miss your people. You got your husband. <laughs> He has to bear the burden of like me being an extrovert and being alone for like long stretches at a time. <laughs> He's like, you need human interaction. <laughs> yeah. You know, he works at a hospital 12 hours a day. So when he gets home, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm surrounded by people all the time. And you're like, I need people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. So how many weddings did you have booked this year before the pandemic? Of course. I had 33. Wow. And I have anywhere usually from 30 to 40 was 42 was the highest I've ever gone. And I'll never do that again. That was a rookie mistake. <laughs> <laughs> that is a lot of weddings. And is that just you and your second shooters? That's not your associates wedding? Yeah. yeah. So this year, my associate had four under me. So between my associate and I, we rescheduled 12 and we shot 22. Wow. I think. Okay. Yeah. So we still shot quite a bit this year, but Missouri's a little different on their rules and regulations. My Chicago weddings all got moved, but Missouri didn't. Interesting. I was like, 22 is a lot still, but that makes sense. Different part of the world, like California is just like so strict over here. So they wouldn't even allow gatherings of more than 10 when I was getting married. So I'm like, what? There was weddings? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, our governor really didn't do any – like we had this initial six-week shutdown and that's probably where a majority of my weddings got postponed. Any wedding I had postponed was really honestly between that April, late March into June, but the June weddings postponed just to be careful. Like I think the the ban lifted, I think it's like the end of May is when the act technically lifted, but we didn't know. So that a lot of people just postponed to be safe. Okay. So of those 22 weddings, how many of them actually were like their full blown out wedding or how many of them like transitioned to maybe more of an elopement or micro wedding, you think? I had one that was just an actual, just very much an elopement, like just the two of them. They just did photos. I had about seven micro weddings. I had one that was the Carmel Room, which is this beautiful venue in St. Louis. And they did a five-course tasting menu for 25 guests. And that was really, honestly, such a beautiful experience. And so they had their wedding. They did their Catholic wedding in the church with their family. So like 25 people. And they walked outside and everyone surprised them with a parade like their, their guests did. And no so way. that was honestly, she started like everyone started crying and it, it was really pretty. And then they went and had their five course dinner with their immediate family with like tables pretty far apart. But it was one of those weddings where you're like, man, this is 
this feels good. <laughs> yeah. It felt like a little normal. Yeah. I got, it felt like nothing feels normal. <laughs> Very true. Fact. But it, it felt just really wholesome and pure. Like it made your heart just feel really full. But the first wedding I actually shot, it was late March. They were one of the first ones to have their wedding shut down. They thought like two weeks leading up to it, they thought they were going to have a wedding and then it immediately got shut down. So they had decided to do 10 people on their porch and it was so pretty. And they did like the Zoom, people Zoomed in and then the sister orchestrated like a, a car celebration parade to drive past. I think that's a thing in St. Louis, these parades. Yeah. <laughs> It is it is very St. Louis. And they orchestrated, like, we called it the celebration caravan, and everyone was crying. And I was even crying. Because oh. <laughs> it just, it just, there's just times during this, I think you just feel a lot. Yeah. In these weddings where people are having to go through so much and then actually able to get married and see that everyone still cares about, you know, that loves them. It's, it feels really nice. Yeah. So what's been most challenging, like, trying to shoot these elopements. Is there anything you're experiencing? Like, wow, this is a lot harder than I imagined. I, I would say there's a couple of challenges. So on the business side and on just like the emotional side would be Missouri and St. Louis in particular, their regulations just keep changing. So Chicago, they shut down. They didn't have any weddings anymore. And everyone's like, oh, reschedule. While everyone was initially upset, they knew what to expect. We're in Missouri it's touch and go. Mm -hmm. It's <laughs> what, honestly, this has happened probably five or six times where they'll be like, this week we're announcing new restrictions. And you're like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm not supposed to say it. No, you're good. Oh my God. <laughs> and you're just like, what is it going to be? And they're like, we'll tell you. And you're like, please. <laughs> just, it's just really an awful feeling. It, it feels that way for days because you're like, is this going to be the bride that like, is this going to be the wedding where she's so upset and so mad and I'm not going to be available for her wedding day and things are just going to hit the fan? Like you just don't know because it's, it's an emotional roller coaster for everyone. So it's really tricky. And then on the flip side, I have been photographing a few larger weddings because St. Louis has a 50% capacity ban. So if you have a 400 person event space, you can still have a 200 person wedding. Stop it. <laughs> That's crazy. A little different here. Um, so I'm wearing like an N95 and I'm wearing a surgical mask over it and I'm wearing a shield and no one can hear me. <laughs> You're like, at the end of the night, can your throat's probably killing you because you've been screaming into your mask. Yeah. And then you're like, oh my God, do I have COVID? And you're like, no, it's just a sore throat because you've been yelling. <laughs> uh, this last wedding, I learned to just, I just pantomimed the whole, I stopped even saying words after a while. You're just like hand in pocket and you're like putting your hand on your pants. <laughs> It's honestly unexpected challenges where it's just like wedding days, you know, with larger crowds and just being masked because like I can't not be masked because I could bring if I photographed a wedding every weekend with 200 people, I could bring it to you and my husband works at a hospital. So it's just like irresponsible for me not to wear a mask. Mm -hmm. And it's just it's, I didn't think it was going to be hard photographing a wedding in a mask, but it is. Yeah. Do you are most of the guests maskless? Not initially. I think people have really, really good intentions when they're going to weddings. It's so like their ceremony, yes, masked, no question. It's more like once the dinner gets started and the dancing and that's when people get like, you know, when you just start drinking and you're like, I don't really yeah. care anymore. But that's usually when we peace out 20 minutes after dance floor coverage. Yeah. 
Okay. So it's not quite as big of a deal for me. <laughs> yeah. So that's another thing here we're experiencing in California. What I've heard, at least when we were planning to get married, they're like, you can have a ceremony, I think of up to maybe a hundred people, but then we couldn't have a reception or a dance floor. So that's fascinating to hear that they can still do receptions and dancing. I mean, I don't know if that should be the case, but the Missouri governor was refusing to do any sort of anything. Like he's leaving it all up to local leadership, which can kind of be a, a very much of a cluster because, for example, I'm in St. Louis City, but St. Louis County is six minutes from my house. But Sam Page with St. Louis County issued different restrictions than Lyda Cruson, our mayor in St. Louis, had. So what ended up happening is the venues in St. in St. Louis County, they can't do indoor dining, but then you can just go two minutes on the road and you get indoor dining. Interesting. Yeah. So like basically what I've seen some people do too is if they wanted their big wedding, which none of my clients did this, but I heard this happening a lot and where it's like, oh, can't get married in the city. We'll just go out to like a vineyard where there's no rules. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. it's Missouri is just different like that because you step 30 minutes outside of the city and I'm including 30 minutes outside the county and, and it's a different mindset. So it was really interesting to see all of that come to play together. I learned a lot about local government. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you really know your local government. This is impressive. Right, right. But but yeah. So anyways, it was honestly, I would say the po politics of it all was the biggest mess of all. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Let's take a quick break to hear about our sponsor, GiftPod. When we come back, we'll talk to Erin about how she had to scramble to refocus her business strategy after the pandemic hit. As you know, Julian and I still managed to have a dream wedding, even though we had to do a lot of bobbing and weaving to make it happen during the pandemic and ended up celebrating with just our immediate families. But of course, we did truly miss celebrating with our entire tribe. In order to give our peeps a way to celebrate us, we asked them to send audio recordings of their love, support, and advice for our relationship. The recordings were produced, edited, spiced up with music, and packaged as a gift pod, our own personal podcast that we can now listen to on our anniversary or whenever we just want to feel loved. GiftPod is giving every guest on the podcast a free gift pod and is offering our listeners 10% off. You can apply it to a wedding package or you can use it to give a gift pod for any occasion, a birthday, anniversary, or even a celebration of life. Go to giveagiftpod.com and use promo code COVIDBRIDES. We're back with the wedding photographer, Aaron Stubblefield, who still managed to shoot 22 weddings in 2020. You have had a decent amount of weddings this year. How have you had to like change your business approach with the shifts that have happened? Yeah, I'm very business oriented. So March happened and basically I was looking at not shooting a single wedding for the rest of 2020. So I looked at my numbers and I was like, okay, what can my business do to stay afloat? I, I found out <laughs> that if I didn't do anything, any more weddings, didn't, you know, take on my overhead costs could be as, as low as $9,000 for a full year because I already have my equipment. I have a small studio that's $250 a month to rent with another photographer, which is like so incredibly inexpensive. And so from there, I just built up everything else. I canceled every subscription that I thought wasn't necessary. I really stripped everything down and I built it back up again. And when I was building it back up, I was thinking about, you know, what can I do? 
to make money. And I really shifted my focus to family sessions because I like those will be able to happen once everything lifts because they're outside, they're safe. So I really put a lot of effort into the family side of my business. Like family photos? Is that what? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Family Got portraits. It. Yep. That's smart. So like you were trying to find different avenues in which you knew people could be together. Yes. Outside. So I didn't shoot a single thing during that lockdown because it was illegal. But I was like, that's going to lift. And the first thing I can do is shoot outside family sessions. And the second thing I think I can do is do newborn sessions. You know, if I wear a mask and take in. So th- that's really where I, I put all I poured a lot of effort into those things. And I built that up this year. So looking now we're in December, how much did you actually depend on family and newborn sessions versus weddings? Because still shot 22 weddings. I had the busiest October of my life and I almost <laughs> died of exhaustion. <laughs> <laughs> I I booked my October full like I wasn't going to shoot a wedding and then I shot weddings and I was like, oh God. <laughs> You're like, what did I do to myself? <laughs> yeah. So I actually had to send my finance guy like a projections for 2020 recently. So I actually made exactly what I made last year. Wow. That's amazing. Yes. Thank you. I was really earned every bit of that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. But yeah. So I, I was really, really thankful that I didn't lose any money. That's huge. I'm sure that's not how you were feeling at the beginning of the year. No, I mean, I I filed for unemployment like everyone else, and I did Mm -hmm. take out unemployment like everyone else. I filed for the PPP loan, which I got. So I'm I am an S corp, and it's S corp, not escort. Everyone, not like a prostitute. (laughs) (laughs) So my tax filing, I pay myself through payroll, and that's how I've always done it. Thankfully, it made PPP a breeze to get. Good. I, I, I did get the assistance, so that. What I made, my numbers include the PPP, which is around eight thousand dollars. It doesn't include unemployment, but which I did get. So as we all had to, <laughs> I know I feel for everybody in this industry. Just, I mean, I feel for a lot of people right now. But yeah, specifically, I just know the wedding industry. Just given it's close to me being married, and I just have heard left and right some people aren't able to make it happen for their businesses during these tough times, especially here in California. Oh, no. And unfortunately, it's not a, well, if you have enough grit and determination, you can do it. Some businesses are just destined to fail when your business model is based on having people inside your doors to celebrate. There's no, you know, how do you make that pandemic friendly? So like venues that are built for weddings, like that's hard. I, and catering companies. Yes. The overhead is insane too. That's like the thing. It's like keeping the lights on a, on a venue is insane. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's venues in St. Louis specifically that they are owned by normal people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they just had a dream <laughs> and wanted to do it. So it's heartbreaking, but they're making it work. That's good to hear. Well, yeah, but I couldn't imagine some of these businesses too. Yeah. So did you have any couples say, hey, we want to just cancel altogether? I had people, I had two couples break up. Oh, no. Break up. They, yeah, I mean. (laughs) But maybe it's for the better at this point. They were, I think they were an international long distance. So Mm. that kind of played into it. And so I, couples that broke up, I had couples that canceled entirely that just eloped. And then I had couples that postponed everything and are doing it exactly the same. And then I had couples that just moved forward with like a modified version of what they were doing. So I had everyone to the gambit. So when I started, I mean. I was like, I can't just give back 
refunds to everyone. I mean, I wish I could. Luckily with my business though, with wedding photography, I can always take your picture even if you don't, even after the wedding. So it's like photography is not like I could do corporate headshots. Like there, I I can do pretty much the doors wide open. So that helps me. So what I did was if you weren't moving forward with the original plan, it just turned your retainer, which is non-refundable and which is half, I just turned it into a credit. So like I had one bride that her wedding, she ended up eloping in Wisconsin during the lockdown. Her family had a cabin up there and I'm like, I can't drive to Wisconsin during a lockdown. Mm -hmm. So she had her cousin photograph it and now she's using the remainder of her retainer. I don't remember how much was left, but she's going to use it for newborn photos. Oh, nice. That's yeah. a great idea. Yeah. She's going to use it for newborn photos and she's going to use it for like another family session. Mm-hmm. So I, I said that the credit could extend indefinitely. So that has been helpful. Okay. Yeah. I've been curious of how vendors are having to kind of navigate as people are shifting things around or, and, and it may, you make a good point because you are a photographer, like everybody need wants photos at some point, right? It's a lot more helpful than being like, I don't know, can I feed you like the meal of, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it catering is also, tr- it also just depends on when you cancel too. Like if you cancel your wedding a, the week of, the caterer's already paid for it. Yeah. All that food. So it, it really just depends on what situation you're in. And I wanted to make it easy for my clients because like, I'm like, you're already do This is a lot for them. So whatever I can do to make it easy and something that we can agree is fair for both of us. That's really sweet of you. Well, <laughs> you can say it's sweet and I will take it, <laughs> but it's also just smart business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would agree with you on that as well. And I, it, I I, I do love my couples though. Like I would go to the end of the earth for them. Yeah, you're just a good human. How about, how's 2021 looking? The vaccines are getting distributed at the moment. How many weddings do you have booked at the moment? So I have 25 and Gosh. I've stopped booking okay. for 2021. Be safe. Well, it's actually, <laughs> I'll just tell you because it's like weird. It's not weird. Well, we're going to try to get pregnant. Yeah. So, okay. so we, I had to like, not shoot any weddings for November and December. So in case we have like a January baby. So like, I don't want to jinx myself, but you know, I basically have eight weekends that I could be photographing that I just won't be. Okay. Got it. Wishing you luck on that journey. Thanks. (laughs) I heard it's really, it's not. (laughs) Yeah, I know. We're actually starting that journey next year as well. And who knows? Just yeah. Whatever happens, happens. <laughs> I know. It's just like funny because in weddings, like you really have to think about it. Like, okay. And then like, you know, so I'm actually booking right now for 2022. That's pretty abnormal. I would still normally be filling up a calendar, but the way everything panned out, I'm fully booked for 2021, looking at 2022 starting in May. How many weddings do you have booked for 2022 at the moment? Um, I just have one. Yeah. And considering if I'm not booking until May so that we could like try to have a kit <laughs> during that time. So since I'm not booking, since I'm starting in May, it's also really far, but yeah, it'll start picking up. Honestly, once people get engaged this January, I guarantee you that's, it's going to pick up a lot more. My gut tells me is a lot of people actually probably held off from getting engaged this year once the pandemic happened. Like I started to see it more towards the back half, but the beginning of this year seemed very quiet from the engagement perspective of things on Instagram at least. But it, again, it has started to pick up, I'd say probably around October from what I can tell. So because everything's booked for 2021 because all COVID couples had, not all, 
a lot of COVID couples pushed to 2021 that they're all just now going to book in 2022. <laughs> I think you're a hundred percent right about yeah. that. So you'll probably be very busy. <laughs> 2021. Yeah. I, I'm excited for 2021. I think the vaccine, I really think it's going to probably be back to normal, more normal by summer at least. And I'm just, I'm really hopeful. So I, I'm just excited to only wear a, a light surgical mask yeah, right? <laughs> instead of my DIY, you know, a hazmat suit. <laughs> <laughs> Safety first. It's important. Have you had to guide couples as they're thinking about 2021? You know, are there any couples where you're like, we're on if you're on? Or are you like, hey, like, we think you should cancel? I I would say photographers like third on that list. So you have the venue and you have the planner and then I'm like the third to hear about stuff. And I would say most of the education honestly happened in March and April. I feel like now everyone understands how this is going. If you're a pandemic, bride, like, you know it, <laughs> you, you know, this whole spiel now. So I have one bride right now. So her wedding is in May and mm-hmm. she was postponed from last May. She's looking at possibly postponing to August. Okay. I mean, it's she's postponing to a Sunday in August. So that was like the biggest thing, honestly, and the most controversial thing in the wedding community is like whether or not you charge a fee for postponing. Mm. That was honestly a really hot topic. There were people that were adamant on both sides. Like if you didn't do it, then you were looked at a certain way. And if you did do it, then it just it was like there's no winning. So what I did was I was like, if you're postponing to a Friday or Sunday, there's no fee to postpone, but you just need to pay the second half of your final payment just Mm -hmm. to like have more money down or, you know, just to secure it with money. But if you were moving to like a key Saturday, like I had couples move from like, like in October and in 2020, October 2022 or 2021, I'm sorry. And that's, yeah, I had to have a fee for that. It was like a small fee, but it was, you're losing money and that's a lot of money. Right. So you try the best that you can but everyone was really good about it and everyone you know but for her she was moving it from a Sunday to a Sunday and so I was like well I don't book that many Sundays yeah so I was like that's fine if you need to move it so that you have the wedding that you want that's fine let's just do it so yeah that I didn't even think about the fee piece for people postponing to a a prime day right like a a hot day I hate doing stuff like that. Like I am one of those people that's like, oh, I'd rather just like chop my own eyeballs out than <laughs> didn't like like I'm just not I'm not a penny pincher. I'm kinda like I have a higher fee to photograph your wedding and I take care of you. But it was kind of something that like, I really did have to do to some extent because I couldn't move everyone because like while I didn't lose money in twenty twenty as much, like I am looking at probably making a little bit less in twenty twenty one actually just because like you're photographing a wedding that should have happened in 2020. Do you typically, like I know a lot of vendors, at least when we were booking, because we we started to book like our vendors in 2019, like maybe November, December of 2019 for a September 2020 wedding. And a lot of times our wedding planner was like, you might want to book now because their fees are going to go up in the following year, especially given this year, like potentially a lot of vendors are losing money. Do you think a lot of vendors are going to have to increase their prices just to try to make up for, not necessarily you, but I just think overall, do you feel like that's happening? Yeah, that's actually a really good question. I My model is I do raise my prices like annually, you know, but I, I wasn't really looking at it as like, ooh, to make up for like 2020's lost income. You know, it's a good question. I think people are also just desperate to get back to work and they don't want to like, it really, I think depends on, who's running your business. Yeah. Probably just depends on the vendor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I know there was like 
like wedding vendors were looked at in an icky light a little bit like as price gouging but like I really just can't see people I just at least the vendors I know in my market like I can't see them doing that okay cool all right so what piece of advice would you want to share with couples as they continue to plan into 2021 and in 2022 hopefully 22 is in the clear but as they're planning into 2021 oh my gosh I, uh, I'm going to fall off a cliff if it's not. I'm just going to push myself off. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Please don't do that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I, always, I always, no. Honestly, the biggest piece of advice is like a wedding is a wedding. And I mean that in the best way possible. Like a wedding is between two people celebrating. And I've seen every size of wedding this year. And I will say there is no lack of celebrating, even when it's been just like three people. Honestly, I don't want to say it's okay if you don't have your dream wedding, but it really is okay. Your dream wedding isn't what you think your dream wedding is. It's funny you say that because I envisioned 150 people was going to be my dream wedding. And after having nine, I look back and I'm like, if I were to do it again, I wouldn't do 150 people. I would probably do 50, but not 150. Yeah. And I I mean, that's like the thing. It's just like, you know, I take a deep breath. It sucks. You got to acknowledge this whole thing stinks. And I think it's like you would be silly not to acknowledge that. But just realize that like you are so lucky you're marrying someone that like you love and they love you back. That's special. And I think, you know, my husband, Brad, we talk about a lot. Our pandemic wedding, like we got married five years ago. But we were like, this is what we would do. <laughs> what would you do? <laughs> It would be in our, so we live in South City in St. Louis. We have a backyard that is not very big. I mean, it's a big backyard for the city. It has a little garden. We have a little container pool. We have a large deck and, that, and then a little space for like bags because, you know, it's the Midwest. So you got to have a place to play your bags. And uh, it's cornhole, I think, for some people. Oh, the, I didn't know what you meant by bag. Yeah, I was yeah. picturing like a suitcase. <laughs> Oh, no, you have a place. To th- so we call it bags. So you have a place to throw bags. So we're very we're Midwestern and it's almost to the core. So we would probably like, we would do a backyard ceremony with like our parents and our siblings and then just have it catered at our house and just party outside. Yeah. And that would be it. I love it. So, yeah, <laughs> sounds casual, but like with all the right people there. Yep. And that's really like when it comes down to it, like that's going to be the most important thing. It's really funny. Like the couple that had that five course dinner at the Carmel Room, they actually were supposed to have a larger celebration in April and they just canceled it. I asked the planner, I'm like, is everything okay? Because like it's, yeah, that's always never, you know, that's like not a good thing. And she's like, they're literally just so happy. They just want to be married and they're done. (laughs) And I was like, Awesome. Like that's the best news. <laughs> I know. I was like, I'm like, oh God, yeah. what happened? I'm like, I really like them. No. So it was really great. And I think that's so indicative of what a small wedding is. Like, that's it. This is all we needed, you know? Yeah. So Yeah. I feel that couple. We're not doing a party 2021 or 2022, whatever we told people. I can't even tell you at this point what we said to people. Oh, so you were also going to do a celebration later. We were. We didn't have it planned, but we had stated in our communication to all of our guests that we were just doing our immediate family for September 12, 2020. But when it was safe again, we would do a bigger celebration. And we get the question a lot still. And no, we're not going to do anything anymore because we're just, we're done. We were so satisfied with how it turned out that we're like, yeah, 
why continue to linger it on? We want other things. Hopefully we can have kids and that will be the next celebration we get to have, you know? Yeah. I think that's like really, but I also understand the idea because, you know, when this was going all first going on, it's you really couldn't think of just doing a like a wedding with nine people. I, I don't know if I would have been like, if you were like, Aaron, how do you feel about a wedding with nine people in 2019? I'd be like, is that a wedding? Right. Isn't that an elopement? <laughs> Yeah, like I would have been like, I don't know. And now I'm like, wow, nine people's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> or not like a lot. Like I'm like, wow, nine, nine people. That's so exciting. But yeah, I think it's it was the time it was like a good coping mechanism too. You're like, I we do we will get this. And then you're like, oh, we didn't actually need that. That's not what a wedding was about. Totally. And I think also it depends on people's perspective too. Like for the people that do have that dream vision, I think they really do need to see it come to life, which is totally fine. And they're the ones willing to wait till when the time is right. But for us, we're like, nah, we're good. Let's just get married because we just didn't have that vision. Yeah, I do think you're right. I do think there are people that have that vision. And I actually, one of my really good friends is actually getting married now in October, 2021. And I think that was like a hundred percent the right move for her. She didn't want to do, didn't want to break it up. Like she didn't want to like change venues. And that's, you know what, girl, you knew what you wanted. Totally. I love it. Okay. So I ask every wedding vendor, how are you emotionally? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. We should talk about that actually. Oh, uh, how I am. I'm, I photographed my last wedding. I'm totally fine now. There were definitely parts like when I get sad, I get cold. So I like, like to like just cocoon myself. So I think at one point during lockdown, I literally had on my fleece onesie, I swaddled myself in like a quilt and then I put my comfy on top of it. And I just like sat there and I played Inya for like four hours. And that was, that was a low. <laughs> I'm fine now. <laughs> Good. Good. I'm glad. You know, you just didn't know what was going to happen for a while. Like you didn't know if you were going to be the one that got sued. I, I had friends get lawsuits threatened against them and, and, you know, for no reason. It was scary and I knew I had good clients and I still know I have good clients, but you're like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Was it more like people weren't getting their money back and that's why people were suing? One friend, she just has like very bougie clients that like, and I think one of those clients just happened to be Sue Happy. You could just tell he was out for blood. Like maybe the venue made him unhappy. It, it was just, it was bad. Mm -hmm. I think though, really what happens sometimes is that you have one bad vendor, like maybe it's the venue or maybe it's a caterer that's really just screwing you over. And so then when you turn to the other vendors, you are like out for blood. Or you're like, are you going to screw me over too? And it's like a very, I don't want to say reasonable reaction, but it's like a very, it's very normal. Totally. Yeah. Especially if the people are losing out on a lot of money, they probably are just like on edge and that's their initial reaction is they're just trying to protect themselves probably. Yeah. And like there were several things that I paid for in full when I got married. And what if you didn't get it back? So there's all situations. But anyways, I think at the end of the day, we all went through some roller coasters, brides, planners, photographers, but I think it's all looking better now. So I, I'm, I don't want to say fine, but I'm good. Good. <laughs> That's good to hear. Okay. So my final question for all my wedding vendors is how do you think COVID is going to change the bridal industry? We kind of touched upon how the bridal industry has gotten a little crazy like from a financial standpoint, but I'm just curious overall how it might change. The industry has been changing just so 
rapidly, so quickly, even before COVID. I mean, just everything's custom. People are pouring a lot more money into weddings than they used to, even five years ago yeah. when I got married. I mean, I when I got married, if you had custom stationery, that was a really big deal. And now everyone's doing custom stationery. Or, you know, I think that weddings are becoming more of a of an event and more of a what may have been the wedding of a movie star is now aspirations for just I don't say average person, but maybe just like a person with normal means or income. And I I don't really see that changing. I, I thought that the pandemic would change that. And, you know, my brides like things to be perfect. And that's great. It's very modern classic. And I totally respect that. And I was like, maybe it's going to be like everyone's – they're going to embrace imperfection. And I haven't really seen that come to light. That was a a missed assessment on my part. If anything, people have like doubled down because they're like, I can't get married during a pandemic and – it rain. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you've already had a lot happen. So it's like really one more thing. It's going to like thunderstorm after um, that. So I will say though, I think people just are going to value the, those that they're with. And I think it's going to, I think intimate celebrations are going to be more of a thing. Cause I don't know if like, I don't know if people are going to be comfortable having, even with the vaccine, like still comfortable having hundreds and hundreds of guests, especially if like they have autoimmune relatives that can't get the vaccine. So I think we're definitely going to keep seeing these like smaller celebrations, at least in the Midwest, because like in the Midwest before it was all about 400 people in a room. And I think I can see it being smaller and then having more of a special experience for those guests. Yeah. Than just like a normal experience for a ton of guests. So you think people are going to get creative in their experiences with a smaller group? already are like you're just seeing these like crazy cool tasting menus like Kate and Co is a planner in St. Louis they're doing some really neat experiences for their clients I mean they're a luxury planning planner their clients have means they serve charcuterie to every table which was like socially distanced on this custom handmade cheese board that was like engraved with their name on it and then they were like washed and they got to take the uh, cheese board home as a present wow that's so nice yeah (laughs) yeah I'm sure that all costs like a little bit of money. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I guess things like that or just like adding these personal touches to where it's it's not about the number of people. It's about what we're giving to the people that come. I can see that being like the biggest takeaway. That's awesome. Erin, thank you so much for joining Bride to a Bend today. Thank you for having me. This is so much fun. And I am so glad you had your wedding. That's exciting. Yes, so are we. <laughs> and I'm glad you yes. shot 22 weddings this year. Ooh, I was uh, I was feeling it yeah. in November, but we're good now. It's all, you know, so. I love it. And I also love that you found another outlet to like making sure you're focusing on like newborns and families as well as like another way of finding income. Girl, you got to diversify. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for joining. This was great. And and congratulations again. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Emily Lewis. Follow me on social media at Bride to Have Been. And please send me or DM me your COVID wedding stories if you're interested in being featured on the podcast. Bride to Have Been is brought to you by GiftPod and produced by StudioPod. Special thanks to Gary Oakland for providing this track. Subscribe, rate, and share with your fellow brides.